I, I do think the receivers, um, they're not great. <laughs> Eat shit, Jacob. I was just being humble. My team's so much better than ours. Welcome back to another power ranking edition of the Summer Sausage Podcast. I'm joined again here with the power ranking, uh, the power ranking prince, Grant. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Power ranking prince Plater. I'm doing all right. I'm doing uh, excited to get through these results. Uh, half of the league submitted, so they're going to be a bit wilder than usual. <laughs> Wait, so five, there was five submissions. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> That's going to lead to some, probably some wide spreads, but that'll be interesting to see uh, how the results are because I do not know what they are, so I'm going in blind. Mm-hmm. And I, as I always make him do, because I think that is much more fun. Uh, so we'll kick it off with number 10, but, you know, give me your prediction. Who do you think is coming in at 10th here, Par? Well, this all the votes were before the big trade that just happened, but I still think even then that Vic's inheritance of Miller's team uh, probably came in last for the 2023 season. And you would be correct. So Vic is coming in 10th place here. He comes in with a score of 9.6. Vote 10s across the board, except for Rod, who gave him an 8. Uh it kind of makes sense to me. Um, I have opened um his keep trade cut and like his his QBs are Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, which like Geno's all right, but mm. at least he got extended. Like you've got some job security with those two. Like they might not be good, but they'll be starting. Like both of them got have deals. <laughs> yeah, and but then you don't have a, a third quarterback because it's Matt Ryan. He's not even currently signed, I believe. Um, yeah, plus Gino and Russ are both like 30 plus, so they're not like young guys you can just set and forget even if they are playing in the short term. Yeah, the QB room really needs some work. And then even the running back, like with the CMC trade, and this was pre-CMC trade to be fair that we did these ratings, but you got like Leo Herbert, Kareem Hunt, Dame Harris... James Robinson. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Hunt and Harris land in like a favorable situation with free agency because we have no running back news as yeah. of uh, as of now that we're recording it. So they're both free agents. So like maybe one lands in kind of a running back two upside type role. But uh, yeah, that's like Vic with his one hundred two pick really could go a variety of ways because this team kind of just needs work everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's really need of the full rebuild, rebuild treatment. I I will say, um, I think it's kind of interesting the running back market at the moment, just not to get too deep into the free agency, but we're, we're recording this Monday night and basically all of the like offensive weaponry, uh, like the wide receivers and running backs have not been signing. And lots of running backs are on the trade block. Like, there is some rumors about Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. So I wonder how depressed this market's going to be and whether guys who are looking to cat like those mid-tier, low-end starter, good, great complimentary piece guys like Kareem Hunt or Damian Harris, like how they're going to make out in free agency and whether they'll have the investment from a team to boost their value sufficiently for uh, fantasy purposes. Yeah, running back's in a really weird place for fantasy because there's, like, 
Walker, Brees Hall, CMC, uh, I guess Saquon with getting tagged. There's only like four or five kind of secure running backs. And then there's like the older ones that are like have been good. The Eckler, like Dalvin Cook, Mixon, Kamara, that kind of group. And then just like the like rookies that are coming in. There's so many like free agents and like it really feels like any one of these, like any one of our dynasty teams could just get absolutely fucked by free agency or the draft because like no, not very many running backs feel safe at all. Like across the entire league. Yeah. And I will say it, when um like go back like four or five years ago, and I felt like there was a relatively stable top of the running back market, like le- between Lev Bell um Zeke Elliott all that sort of stuff um I feel like right now we're in a really weird spot where like a lot of the top guys are older like even like guys like Barkley or Jacobs or whatnot who had good seasons last year are like in that not necessarily prime but like that middle tier like they got two or three years left and we haven't really seen a lot like I as you said like it's like Brees Hall arguably Kenneth Walker um JT, of course, but like the the young guys haven't really stepped up. A lot of the guys, like the the, the Dobbins, the Swifts of the world, Ceh, we all know what happened with that. Um, so I, I it's like a, such a mess. It's kind of like just tank the running back position because who fucking knows at this point? Yeah, running back is like, I mean, most teams will probably address it through the draft, like, and spend just picks on that because you can just use them running backs for like a four-year rookie deal and then just kind of let them walk and then just repeat that cycle over and over again and never pay running backs and this is like such a good running back class it's going to be interesting to see like how free agency goes like I don't think David Montgomery and Madison and like I don't think these guys are going to get like that much money in free agency so we could see a lot of them just like get re-signed on sort of team-friendly type deals so it'll be interesting to see like like Vic isn't really in much shape of like he doesn't have a guy that can really get fucked here because he doesn't really have big (laughs) starters but like like other teams it's going to be interesting to see like there's going to be a shake-up and teams that look good now like might not look good by the time free agency and the drafts are finished and those rosters are really built out and just going back to Vic's team because we have taken a bit of a detour. I, I do think the receivers, um, they're not great. But between Evans and Thomas, do you think, like, uh, Thomas specifically, um, do you think there's a chance, like, he rebounds this year? Because we haven't seen him play since, like, 2019. And, like, is there any value you can really salvage out of that? Or is he just, like, chip him off for a second, hope for the best kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, he is on the older side, too. So it's not like he doesn't have that much time to rebound. Like, I don't think his value is going to rebound. But even this year in the three games he played, like, he put up 23 points, 19 points, and 10 points. Like, he was getting targets and, and like, playing pretty well. So if he, it's, it's, like, kind of a health thing. He just hasn't been available the last however many years. But, I mean... Carr should be a boost at least over like Andy Dalton and Jameis type play that he's had the last like 
couple of years of the Saints have just had. And I think Olave will help open things up and it might be the best complimentary receiver he's had in his entire career in New Orleans. So I think there's a chance, but I don't think he's ever going to be Michael Thomas is ever going to be valued at like a first for the rest of his career, just because he is what he's 30 years old already. So like, even if he goes to like a low end wide receiver one, then he's like Deandre Hopkins right now. And I still don't feel like Deandre Hopkins is like somebody's going to spend a first, but like, I think Michael Thomas can be sold at, the trade deadline or in season for for a second round pick or even like a second and a third so I think that's something that might look to do with some of his older guys maybe even the same with Mike Evans but that would just be kind of his last two pieces that had sort of upside to really like contribute to a fantasy lineup and on that note we'll head on into number nine where you landed with this one par Oh, I don't even remember who I voted for this one. <laughs> I don't remember what my votes were at all because I did it like the first day it was posted like a good person. Good but boy. I'm, I'm going to guess Dylan is comes in at number nine here. Yep, two for two on this one. Um, Dylan, basically bottom three across the board, although interestingly, Josh did give him number four, which surprised me but i guess when you have good quarterbacks there is some justification for those kind of rankings um and that that is the core of this team at the moment like the running backs aren't nothing to write home about wide receivers are interesting but the quarterback room like especially if you can convert trade one of those for sufficient value like there 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 is something to work with here yeah, yeah, for sure. Like this quarterback room is insane. It's probably like three of my top five dynasty quarterbacks are at least close to the top five. And yeah, the receivers like Smith and Judy are like, I don't know if they have wide receiver one ceiling with where they're at, but like those are good young receivers like to have and same with Pickens to to some degree as well so there's some like intriguing Ayuk still like relatively young and might get traded this year like who knows like it's always kind of weird going into contract years with receivers these days like I do think the receiver room's interesting but it's it is missing kind of an alpha like guy that can be a number one on a team uh running back it's like Algier was like pretty good last year but that's a hard rookie <laughs> Yeah, with those low draft capital rookies, it's just tough to, like, they're easily replaced, like, because they're just, like, they're just so cheap and, like, teams can just, like, not care about it at all. But, yeah, Madison, like, maybe he lands in, in like, a 1A situation. Who knows with the running back market, but. Yeah, like this team's like Dill definitely kind of recognized. I think that he was going into a reset because he had Diggs and uh, a couple other older pieces. I feel like he, maybe he had Dalvin at one point and got got out of that. But uh, like the thing is, those quarterbacks are so strong, and you're like locked into two significant quarterbacks just in your in your lineup. So it, it does raise your floor a bit. Like, I don't think Dill will be able to land the number one pick if, without selling off, like, a big chunk of his team just because those quarterbacks add such a high floor. But I think the rebuild, like, having those quarterbacks and that, like, locked-in longevity, the rebuild will come 
pretty quickly. Like if he can just get a couple of running backs, that starting lineups looking solid to begin with, then it's just kind of needing to add in a couple bigger pieces and some depth. But I think it'll be a pretty quick rebuild, but Dill's not in the best shape for uh, 2023, I don't think. And to your point, um, Devonta Smith, like for what it's worth, even as the second option on this team, because, you know, AJ Brown exists, he was the number nine uh, wide receiver last year. Like he's, he had a wide receiver one season as the, not even the alpha option on his team. Now I think most people are expecting some level of regression from the Eagles offense um, just because uh, whenever you have an MVP caliber season um, from your quarterback, generally speaking, there's going to be a bit of regression the next year, but regardless, I, I think like, uh, the way I view it is like Judy. I I think to some extent the ship hasn't sailed, but like he is what he is at this point. But I I think there's uh I've always we both been high on uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, and then um I think depending where he lands, Juju can be solid. Like there's a lot of wide receiver twos and threes here. Um, yeah, he'll get really... points out of his receivers. He just doesn't have those like top locked in like high ceiling guys. Yeah, there's no like uh like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, there's no guy days. where you can just like set and forget 18 to 20 points like week in, week out type guys. There's a lot of like 13 to 16 point per week type guys. Exactly. And there is value in those type of guys. Now, here here's a question for you. I'm curious. So assuming like he decides, all right, I don't the value of having three elite quarterbacks is minimal because you know you only can start two each week if you if you were dill which one would you be looking to trade at their value at the moment definitely not mahomes like if i ever got mahomes i probably wouldn't sell him at least for like a few years i just want to have him on my team i think Mm -hmm. the problem is is like i think hertz is a little under like appreciated in dynasty because i think people kind of have this like stigma that running quarterbacks won't last as long they'll get injured but like realistically like like hertz is going to be a starting quarterback for the next five eight years like barring something catastrophic so like i'm not really worried about necessarily lawrence being like a 15 year like hall of famer but I think people kind of disrespect Jalen Hurts, and I think he's going to continue being like a top five fantasy quarterback for the next foreseeable future. Like they've got weapons there, they've got a good offense. Like he's got the rushing upside. So I'd probably be just I'd be looking to sell Trevor because I think he's like he's ascending. Like he's got some hype, especially after leading him to the playoffs. He's got Ridley coming um, off of suspension. Like I think there's some hype behind. Trevor and I think he's perceived as like super safe whereas Hertz like some people there's like perceived risk with Hertz whereas Lawrence I think people just see him ascending and being kind of similar to where Joe Burrow's at yeah I think that's a that's a fair comp um or not comp but like a fair analysis of the situation I think there is um if you are a big believer in Lawrence I think you can argue like, all right, Mahomes is great, but like if you can cash in the name value for like five or six first worth of value, like, you know, but I, I would say like, I do think Lawrence, uh, while we did see some good things and he won the playoff game, that's always going to make things feel happier in fantasy land. Um, I just think we haven't seen quite enough relative to Hertz. Like Hertz has a, at 
a transcendent season. And Lawrence had a good season and he's improving and he's living up to the hype to some extent. But like on a season to season basis, we didn't see necessarily the consistency from him that we did see from Hertz. So I, I I would say like if I if I was in Dill's shoes, I would be exploring a Lawrence trade perhaps. But again, he can also just hold on to like it's not like they're these the value of these guys is going down anytime soon. If he can get like a significant piece back, like player wise, I think you'd be fine to like pivot and then like pick somebody in the draft or you know pick up a Jacoby Brissett, one of these bridge quarterbacks, as your QB three for the short term. But like I think it would take a significant piece back. Um, I don't know if Dill's like just wanting to stockpile like get like three first for Trevor Lawrence, um, something like that. But I think if you can give him like a I don't know, Chris Olave plus a first type deal, then it's like getting into the range where it's there's a significant piece that's actually going to be in my starting lineup from week to week. And like, I can take on the downgrade at quarterback three. Yep. All right. And then on that note, let's head on into number eight. Where are you leaning with this one? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe me. <laughs> I don't know what people voted. Uh, in truth, actually, this one uh, is Jacob. So we're chilling. Oh, nice. <laughs> eat shit jacob i was just we, being humble my team's so much better than yours <laughs> so yeah jacob's in an interesting spot um just in the sense that like he pushed in for a lot of bets last year um turning away his first to get keenan allen from matt in the off season, and then he also grabbed dalvin cook from um dill i think yes yeah, dill Outside of the running backs, this there's a lot of holes on this team, and I don't even know if the running backs are like that secure. Like Henry's supposedly on the trade block, Dalvin Cook supposedly on the trade block, or maybe getting cut. Uh, like Najee's probably pretty safe, but like regressed. Like he has like former standout running backs, but. Uh, and well, I guess Brees, but he's coming off the ACL injury as well. So there's some risk there. Like running back's definitely the strength of his team, but like even the running backs he has are like a little shaky. Yeah. And a situation where it's like, well, so, you know, I, I think Brees will bounce back well enough. Like we have seen ACL is not a major deal breaker for a lot of running backs. It makes the season after not great, but like I think he'll be like a low end running back one. I don't think he's gonna like immediately bounce back to like yeah. the elite level he's playing at for until probably the year after. But I still still think he's gonna like contribute and be like a a solid like fantasy player. Yeah, exactly. And but like it's hard because you can't really just like ship off Henry and Cook easily and then just like take whatever assets you can get kind of situation like that running back room is enough to contend if you have the receivers to support them. But like when Pittman's your wide receiver one, and then you're looking at like what? Keenan Allen. It's, it's rough. Like I've been saying for like over a year, Jacob has a weak wide receiver room and he just keeps saying my wide receivers are good and like not doing anything (laughs) to significantly address it. But like, yeah, Pittman's like fine. I think he is what he is, which is like, one of those guys somewhere between like wide receiver 
15 and 30 that's like a big tier of guys and like Keenan's getting old Cooks is getting old they might Cooks might get traded like there's just not like there's not a lot of upside to this team like who's this young receiver David Bell like I wish David Bell was as good as I thought he was like Dubs he just doesn't have like young wide receivers with like any sort of upside like Pittman's kind of the only thing he's got he does have Kelsey which is always like a big positional advantage so like that's why it's a little hard to like I could definitely see Jacob missing the playoffs but Kelsey's such an advantage especially in a 10-man league with where tight ends at like it's Jacob's team is just like there's not really a spot where I love it like especially with Kyler probably missing some of the season if not a significant part of the season like then he's just got Carr and Tannehill and there's just like not a nothing I love about his team at all <laughs> two quick questions is Kelsey you're at the trade deadline Kelsey's being Kelsey is he still worth a first a contender yeah I think so like because if you're a contender you have to like assuming it's a late first because mm-hmm. that like Kelsey's gonna if you're already a playoff team, Kelsey's going to probably push you into the semis, at least of our league. I, I think he's still worth a first. Like he, he like averaged almost twice as much as like tight end two or like, like eight more points per game than tight end two, something ridiculous this year. And like, especially in a 10 man league, like he's, I think he's worth a first because like when you have some teams like Rod that have Cooper cup, Jefferson and chase at, and lamb at receiver like you're gonna need pieces like kelsey to compete like on a more consistent basis like i think we're getting to the point where our league is starting to separate more into like contenders and pretenders every year to where there's like buyers and sellers and i think kelsey's like a probably the number one piece in an arms race to like give you a significant advantage in the playoffs and then i also wanted to talk about Kyler Murray right so even taking away the injury which you know it's gonna hurt him this season but he's a quarterback so like I don't think long-term outlook is changing that much are are you in on Kyler as like the leader of the Cardinals franchise going forward because I think I'm kind of I've been I've been saying this for years and maybe I'm just like an old man stuck in his ways but I I've been kind of out on Kyler yeah, I've I've been out on Kyler, and now it's like Cliff gone. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I just don't think he's gonna like. I don't think he's good enough. Like, he's he's pretty good. Like, he's decent. He's definitely not bad, but it's just like when you see the top end quarterbacks in this league, there's like such a big gap between them and Kyler as as like a passer. He's a great athlete for sure but like I don't know if if I was a Cardinals GM like I never would have given him any sort of contract extension and like I just don't think he's like a franchise guy but he's like good enough but not good (laughs) at the same time like it's It's he's he's just in a weird he's kind of like Daniel Jones like yeah I think they're in a similar in a similar tier like it's like, what do you do? Like, you don't really want to commit to them, but you don't want to have no quarterback. And like, the rest of your team is probably pretty good if you were building around them. And it's just those like, if you don't have an elite quarterback, 
it's almost better to just have a shit one so that your team is bad enough to land a, a chance at a top rookie. Yeah, and I would say this, like, I looked at the rookie stat lines, and, like, Kyler is definitely flashier, and he had more rushing yards than DJ that year. But, like, I'm like, this is very comparable. And, like, you're getting that thing where it's like, uh, like, if they're hitting their ceiling, they're maybe a top 10 guy, and who knows, you get into the playoffs, what happens? But I don't know what, if the long-term security was, is there for Kyler. And then, um, like, maybe, I, I think, I think it's fair to say the next two years, Kyler will be the quarterback for the Cardinals. But the long-term security of any of these quarterbacks on his team, like, I'm not going to address Heineke or Corral at this point because we don't, like, Heineke's a career backup and Corral could be traded before you get to play for the team drafted him. But, like, Malik Willis isn't looking look at the guy. Ryan Tannehill, like, I think he's a little underrated at this point. Like, I think he, he did a lot to carry that team when he could last year, but he is getting older and... Then it's like cars on a second team and you're never thrilled to have that. Like, I think this quarterback room needs a revamp. Yeah. The problem with Jacob's team is like his running back room and to a lesser extent, Kelsey is like their window of like competing is closing, but his like, he doesn't have the quarterbacks or the like young receivers to like kind of sustain it to where you can just like grab some young running backs to kind of replenish. Like, he doesn't have the like long-term security locked up at any of his positions really. So it's like, he needs quarterback, like receiver definitely needs work. Tight ends good with Kelsey, like for the foreseeable future, like eventually that'll hit a wall, but like, it's like, it just needs, he needs work kind of everywhere except tight ends. And like, I mean, the running backs are good for the short term, but like, is this like, it's looking like this could be the year that they fall off. So He's got some work to do, I think, and not a first-round pick this year, but or a second have... next year. Yeah, but he does have Vicks first next mm-hmm. year, so he's got the golden ticket to Caleb Williams potentially, which, like you said, is a team team could use. Yeah, no, Caleb Williams is the, is the dream at the moment. Although we were saying saying a lot of bits about Spencer Rattler a couple of years ago, so far be it for us to you know project outwards but i do think williams and may both are pretty much can't miss at this point like very much like in the lawrence lawrence and uh fields kind of tier yeah i mean same with like bryce and cj were pretty much one two going into going into this upcoming season they, that's pretty much held through like there's obviously the richardson and levis hype trains but at least like it's more common that the top when the real top end guys kind of hold their value value highest. I don't think like even that 22 draft class was never thought to be that good at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was like how Howell and Rattler were kind of like the top end guys. And obviously Howell just tumbled in the draft and Rattler never this is still in college and is going to come <laughs> out next year. So we'll Lord. see. <laughs> All right. I think we've sufficiently trashed Jacob's team. Uh, (laughs) So moving on to number seven, where are you leaning? Ooh, well, I mean, I said myself for the last one. So, I mean, I'll just keep saying myself until I show up, I guess. (laughs) Seven more times. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so coming in next, we got par nine and eight. A couple, a couple nines, an eight, a six, and then a number one from Mr. Parr himself on this one. 
Yeah, I'm gonna win this year. I've already decided. So okay. fair enough. I could foresee the the CMC trade in the future. <laughs> so I'm so I, I've just trusted the vision all along. But I do think my team is like. I mean, I'm gonna talk about it from the perspective now because mm-hmm. like, who really cares where it was at um, a couple weeks ago? But with like Bijan and and McCaffrey at running back, like. Bijan's the running back like four and redrafts like uh well like best ball right now which is like it, it best ball and redraft follow similar um mm-hmm. kind of levels so like he's gonna be uh like he goes right at the like one two turn and redraft right now so like those are two top end running backs like if like fields is gonna be a top quarterback like for fantasy purposes especially with dj Moore, but just like with his running ability, like he's he he was what quarterback seven last year and he missed two games. Like he he's gonna do well for fantasy. And same with Tua when he played, he was good. So it's really you know the receivers. And I think like I'm pretty high on Ridley this year. Uh, like I don't know how long term he is, but but with like Lawrence, I think he's gonna be the number one there. Um, and I think he's he's gonna have a big year. Like he was wide receiver like four the last year he was healthy in in playing uh in redraft adp so like i think he's got that ceiling and i think like burt one of burks and jmo are gonna break out terry's like he is what he is who knows how might be the best quarterback he's ever played with but god that's a statement uh, yeah and then like yeah yeah i mean i've still got obviously 106 and 107 so who knows what's being added there but like i feel like dots and and mooney dots and mooney acres like those type of guys being on my bench now is kind of a nice little boost like instead of those being like my every week starters so it's nice to see my team kind of ascending with with some talent yeah, it did work out in the sense that your uh, number one spot did give you to where I think I think this is where you would have landed um, post-CMC trade in the rankings, relatively speaking. Um, I will say, the with with Fields, um, I know a lot of people are not high in his passing, but I do think with the acquisition of DJ Moore, because a lot of people did not predict that Allen, Josh Allen and Matt was going to happen. They're like, all right, this sort of stuff is not... It never improves. Accuracy never improves in the pros, which is already like a stupid statement. But um, I do think the potential there is for like a, a full on breakout a la Allen because he has all the tools he needs and his intangibles. No one has ever questioned like Fields' work ethic, his locker room presence, anything like that. If just having a receiver and I, they signed um, McGlinchey today, correct? Uh, they didn't. Um, oh, shoot. They Who were like, it? they were in on him right till the the end but they signed the guard uh jones from tennessee who was like mm-hmm. the pff number 16 guard and like he's been a top 20 guard the last three years so that was a, a pretty significant o-line upgrade and they're definitely in on uh some offensive linemen like i've heard just kind of rumors but um they haven't signed a big tackle yet yeah okay so i i wasn't sure because i have I was half asleep and I would like wake up. I'm like, okay, what's, what's, what's going on? Um, but regardless, bears are making notable improvements. I assume they don't necessarily need to take a wide receiver, but I still think they probably will take a wide receiver at some point in this draft, just like maybe in the third now instead of the first. But 
I do think Fields has the potential for a full-on breakout, even past like the running quarterback of it all. And even then, like that's a nice floor to rely on the running. And then, like if, if that's how it is, like you still got like two years of that Lamar Jackson-esque production. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you look at it like Josh Allen gets Stephon Diggs breaks out, Jalen Hurts gets AJ Brown breaks out, Fields gets DJ Moore <laughs> question mark. Like we'll like, see. Like there is a formula. Getting, getting, Getting in like a very productive, good young receiver, like definitely helps a young quarterback grow. And like the funny thing is, is like people love shitting on the Claypool trade. And I do think it was like bad value, but Fields and Claypool played like no time together. Like when Claypool was hurt, Fields was playing. And then the like games Claypool ended up being healthy were the ones that Fields were was out for. So they played like 50 snaps together or something like that. So there's still like a chance Claypool is at least like somewhat of a decent real life wide receiver three. And like that team's got weapons, like Komet's a decent tight end. Mooney, when he was like a, in the wide receiver two role, put up a thousand yards like a couple of years ago. So going past uh, the fields of it all, I do the receivers. I think it's a lot of um, will they won't they, right? Because you're looking, you're banking on James and breaking out, breaking on Burks, breaking out. Uh, Terry is probably the the biggest known commodity, but Dotson, similar story. Ridley, I'm so curious to see how he performs this year because it just it's been so long since we saw him really play. Because yeah, because then you had like the mental health break, and then during that break he got caught with suspension for gambling, and now he's on the new team, and it's like we don't really know what he I. I think I'm like I feel most confident in him after Terry, but like it's it's a tough call. I'm all aboard. Like I read his like players Tribune thing, and mm-hmm. I'm I was like immediately like I'm gonna trade for Calvin Ridley. Um, I will say if we when we hit the season though, like with the amount of 24 picks you have, like there will be some fluidity to make moves if if the guys are living up to their pedigree, and if they're not. Oh, oh, great. It'll just sit on your, what is it, four 24 firsts? Yeah, I've got four, four firsts and two seconds. Dear Lord. Well, you got to start collecting those 2025 firsts pretty soon. I only see I'm going to trade them. I'm going to trade them all for the 101 four firsts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically, my whole team is kind of just upside, and we'll just kind of have to see. How much of it hits but I do think I'm gonna be pretty set at quarterback and running back at least for fantasy wise like I think Fields and Tua obviously barring injury yeah are are one of the better duos for fantasy and like McCaffrey Bijan might be the best running back duo in the league in theory so it's like if those receivers do hit like I think it just instantly shoots me into like contender status because I, I should have some stability at running back and and quarterback after the absolutely. draft at least. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. The draft is a little bit needed for the running back at this point. Right now, it's CMC, and then you got Pacheco. Akers, Pacheco. Yeah, we'll see. It's like I Super said, Bowl MVP back... Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> exactly. Like right now, it just feels like any running back could get screwed. But like, if the Rams don't sign anybody or draft anybody, it's like. It's going to be Akers is going to be the guy. Same with the Chiefs. Like, then those two are suddenly kind of running back to territory. And mm-hmm. we'll see. Like, some some guys are going to get 
get fucked by trades or signings or the draft and it's going to shake up the power rankings quite a bit i think at the running back position and speaking of power rankings let's go on to number six last person who is not making the playoffs according to this thing where are you leading uh i'm gonna go with penner i think well it was pretty close um a little bit of a tear break actually between this one and number five but actually it's coming in at six uh crispy uh a five two or two fives two sixes and an eight so solidly up yeah yeah like it's uh it's a little surprising in that regard give me your give me your thoughts what do you what do you take away from this uh see i'm i still think crispy's team is going to be pretty decent for this year or this like upcoming year i do think it's a little shaky long term but like Allen's gonna be good. Like Goff, he's got Love and Rogers that might both be starters. So at least he's got depth at quarterback. And Josh Allen's obviously like a good quarterback one to have to boost that room. Like Pollard, we'll see how he looks after the injury. But Pollard and Barkley might be two top twelve running backs again. Like I, like Hopkins, Waddle, like those are a good one too. Lockett was still pretty dang good last year. Like, I don't think these guys, like, Zeke is probably the big one that's, like, going to drop off. But he's got Pollard, so it's, like, not the worst thing if Zeke is kind of a shell of himself. So I think Crispy's team is going to be more or less like it was this year. Like, I don't think he's having guys, as of now, that are looking to get significantly screwed. Like, sure, some, like, if the Cowboys draft Bijan, then Pollard and Zeke aren't looking good or... Um, various That'd be things so like funny. that. I'm so but in for like, that. <laughs> like his team's looking like it's pretty much going to be the same as last year. Like I don't think losing Thielen to wherever he goes, like this big drop off. So I think it's a little undervaluing Crispy for the upcoming season, at least. I will say I do think um, often redraft or not redraft, but like the current season and dynasty tend to intermingle in a sense that. Uh, and we'll talk about this more when we get to the uh, when we go through quickly the long term rankings. But Crispy's team is not appealing from like a dynasty like long term perspective for a lot of people, and so I wonder if that does drop his the view of his team in some regards. I mean, Crispy's team too is kind of like a victim of a lot of good guys, but like you have Saquon, Josh Allen. That's about it for like the top end talent. Like Waddle's mm-hmm. borderline. Um, like Pollard was borderline. Like these are like low end running backs, wide receiver ones type deal. Like there's just not a lot of like standout pieces too. And like you said, the inherent bias from just like how future outlook kind of bleeds into it and guys like Lockett and Hopkins not having these long term kind of outlooks. But yeah, I think he's kind of a victim of just having good players that just aren't like elite so it's like a very balanced lineup but there's not like these high ends like flashy pieces and i do think um our format does benefit crispy in some way just because we have so many starters that not going all in and sacrificing depth is important to have but i do think part of this might be just that the the rod crispy um finals wasn't very competitive and so some people it's like that leaves like a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth like oh, maybe, like, that team kind of, like, lucked into it as opposed to, like, 
having like a legs going forward. I I personally had Crispy at six, so this is about where I'm at. Like I think five six, sneak into the playoffs, and then see if you can make a run similar to last year's. Pretty much the same. I do think um. I don't know if this is a hot take because I'm a Giants fan. I do think Saquon's a little overvalued by the community. And I don't, um, like, I do think he's talented, but I also think the Giants offense dramatically overperformed last year. And especially if we have wide receivers that are going to try and, like, make it a more balanced approach, Saquon might not be quite up to where he was last year, especially on the tag. So, yeah, that's kind of... that's kind of where I'm at on Crispy's team. He also needs to tie down desperately because it's Trey McBride right now. Yeah, Gasicki might land somewhere. Well, who knows? Hunter Henry has no Johnu now. But yeah, <laughs> no, he he definitely needs to tie down. I could see him for sure going mayor and like, I mean, I don't know if he goes there at 109, but maybe at 209 if mayor somehow falls that far. All right. Now we're into the top five, baby. Where you at? We got the playoff teams. Playoff teams. Um, I'm gonna go Penner again because I don't think Penner's team's very good. Uh, I can tell you, looking at your ranking, you are the lowest on Penner's team, and you would be correct. Penner's coming in at fifth here, which he had a very good season last year. So tell me why you're not uh, quite so high on it. I just think it's like it's just a risk here. Like for one, I quarterbacks a definite weak spot I don't think either Jimmy or Mac Jones is giving you very much like I'm worried about Lamar stuff like I think he plays but I just don't like like he Lamar's already been kind of trending down since his MVP season and I don't know if he's going to be like a top end quarterback he he wasn't last year like he was good but he wasn't elite so I think he's kind of hurting at quarterback like Fournette's not on a team so we'll see if he's even usable I'm not high I'm not high on uh, Aaron Jones in the Green Bay Jordan Love led offense like I think they'll be fine like Ramondre's fine Adams who'd they just get a quarterback oh uh, Jimmy G yeah he'll be good like I, I don't know like I just feel like both both flexes are weak and quarterback might be weak. I, yeah. I don't like this team could be good. Like there's upside to this team, but I think it's also possible that like looking at his bench, there's like nobody I want to play. Like I don't want to play Chase Edmonds. I don't want to play Donta Foreman. I don't want to play Brian Robinson, AJ Dillon. Like these guys are just, there's no depth on this team. So it's, like the starting lineup's pretty good, but I don't know who's who's like Mike Williams is his best flex, and after that, I don't even know who fills in at the flex for this team. Like, there's some serious depth depth issue on on this team. I think that's the main reason why I was low. Yeah, and like I I can't talk shit. He beat me in the third place game, so. <laughs> but <laughs> I will say, um, the running back room is what really concerns me here because. To some extent, his receivers as well, because he has Diggs and Adams rocking up in his starting three, who are both great. But I do think the the window is closing from most of the, like the Aaron Jones, Diggs, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, honestly, too, because he's older than a lot of people think. Um, Andrews, I think, is really good for a hot minute. But, uh, like, it's it's really tough, because, like, I do think this team could absolutely win next year. 
but your your depth is not there at running like it's Ramondre and then are you flexing Dylan? Are you flexing Brian Robinson? Yeah, it's, it's like it feels like he's got a team where the wheels are gonna fall off, and it's like maybe it's not this year, maybe it's the year after, but it's like you feel it coming, and it's like yeah, if Ramondre goes down, like. I don't know who he's playing at running back, like Aaron Jones on a below average Green Bay offense, probably. And then who's like, yeah, you got Brian Robinson, like Donta Foreman. Like, I just. I will say, yeah. um, I, I won the, the ship in redraft with Aaron Jones. Uh, I just think um, it's unless Jordan Love just hates checking down, which we have so little tape, so who knows? I do think Aaron Jones will be okay this year just from the pass catching stability kind of of it all. Like he could be the next Duke Johnson. We're looking for the next Duke Johnson. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess my thing, he, and he didn't even have, he only had seven touchdowns last year, but in, in general, I just think like being a running back on a bad offense, like you're on the field less, like yeah. you're just, you're just getting less goal line work, like less chances at touchdowns. Like, like he's only had seven last year so it's not like he was touchdown dependent and he was still running back nine overall on the season but like it's it's just feels like these guys are like eventually going to start kind of fading and like if just like one or two of these guys get hurt or like have a down year like this team could crumble pretty quickly absolutely but it's so it's a decision decision point for petter in the sense that on one hand do you go all right push in see if we get the ship this year if if we do awesome it's all worth it or do you like wait and see how it's going and then like if it's not going as well as you'd hope or there's some injuries happening do you start shipping off pieces and reloading if it was me i would well i guess he already sold his first so this year's first he does have his next year and yeah i feel i feel like he's he kind of has to go in because he's not adding pieces that are going to be like significantly going to help him so like you're better off probably just getting vets that are gonna actually be in your starting lineup as opposed to rookies who might take some time to come along and then like I feel like you you either got to blow it up or go all in because like and now's the time probably maybe the last year you can get a first for Adams and Diggs like I don't know if they're Adams will be 31 next year I don't think you're getting the first for him at 31 and Diggs will be 30 so like maybe you can get a late first for them now but this is kind of your last chance so like you either hold on to him and push for it or you can get a couple firsts and kind of retool because you'll still have Lamar Garrett Wilson Andrews for a while Ramondre probably for a good another couple years like then you can kind of just retool around your core. But, like, he's his starting lineup's pretty good. But it's just, yeah, it's kind of in a weird spot where you maybe go all in for this year or you can still probably sell off your older pieces for a lot of firsts and, and seconds and start taking some youth. Because this team's got, like, Garrett Wilson and nobody really of note that's young. God, Garrett Wilson is so good, though. What a miss by me. Just wait uh, till he gets Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Lord. It's going to be disgusting. All right. <laughs> Top four. Who are you thinking? 
All right, so it's what it's Rodney Grant, uh, Matts. Wow, and Dem okay, this is not the top four, I would think. I'm gonna guess Matt at four. Uh, that would be so. There's <laughs> <is> a tie, <laughs> technically, oh. but Matt does lose the tiebreaker, unfortunately. Suck it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> i love being i love being right <laughs> we got uh two top three picks for matt uh me and josh both put him at number three and then a couple sixes and a five i just want to say i freaking love that team like i think it's really good quietly um quarterback is a little shaky but he's got guys who will like assuming Stafford plays, mm, i think they'll be fine i don't and, i think that's a big assumption that uh, Stafford then, plays. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like I, I have to fast forward to the quarterbacks well to get to the parts I really like. But oh, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, continue talking about the good parts. <laughs> the wide receivers are so freaking good. Like Olave, Higgins, both great. Amari Cooper is going to continue to be uh, in the Brandon Cooks tradition of un un undervalued and overproducing. Yeah, a quiet wide receiver ten overall season last year. Yeah, no, I was, I was. A big, big fan of Roy Cooper last year. Especially, there's so much wars with Watson, unfortunately, which that's a little concerning for this year. But um, then you look at it, like Kirk's probably taking a little bit of hit with the Ridley trade, but Elijah Moore, I'm still like, especially if the Aaron Rodgers trade happened, I do think he has the post type breakout. Wondell Robinson could honestly be the wide receiver one for the Giants, which I'm not saying the most, but it definitely can happen. DPJ is fine. KJ Osborne, I actually, um, at wide receiver 70, that's under, underrated to me. I do think, um, depending and on Thielen how... got so, cut. Yeah, like, I do think Hawkinson's probably the wide receiver too there, but you never know with how... I've like, been seeing a lot of like, uh, JSN to Minnesota hype in, in coming days. So oh. Who knows? <laughs> they could go wide receiver, even though their defense secondary specifically sucks. Yeah, yeah, you know, Matt's... like, who needs a defense if you can just, like, play offense all the time? <laughs> Matt's team's good. Uh, I definitely had it. I think I was maybe the fifth, or I, I had it pretty high. Um, quarterback definitely sucks. I'm still not a believer in Daniel Jones, but I'm, like, more of a believer in fantasy, at least. Yeah. Because he does give you rushing, like, and he's got, what, like, a three-year extension, something like that, so. Uh, he's exactly. got some... It... It's four years, but you can get we can get out of it after two years. So he has two years locked in for sure. Yeah. So I mean he's got some short term upside. Like Ritter, I'm have no faith in when Stafford, like gross. Matt should maybe consider drafting quarterback at both four and five this year, but um at least probably taking a quarterback with one of those. His running backs, I think, are what kind of worries me. Because they're the strength of his team to some degree. Um, but, like, he's got JT, which is obviously going to be a reasonable top-end running back. But, like, Mixon might get cut, and then who knows? Like, ETN's good, but he still put up a, like, he was, like, wide running back 17. Like, he had good weeks, but he wasn't, like, a workhorse back, which is, I think, kind of the risk for him. And then, like, Montgomery is in free agency, so who knows? Uh, like, yeah, Matt's running backs were once, like, thought to be this, like, kind of dominant group. 
And I think it's looking a little shaky, but he does have the receivers. Like, like you said, like T Kirk Cooper, uh, Elijah Alave. Moore, Alave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alave is the only one, like, I think it's tough to see T breaking into that top tier while behind chase, like he's good, but um, like, that's the, that's a little, I mean, it's not a bad thing t- at all because like I think Alave and Higgins are still great but he is missing kind of one of those top locked in ones I think Alave could take the step into being like a top five fantasy receiver this year like he was really good on a per snap basis and he's he could take that step but it's kind of like Crispy's team like the Waddle kind of level of receivers they're like borderline but they don't have the top end but Matt's got a lot Mm -hmm. of depth and Tight end, he's also loaded at like Kittle, Dolchich. I'm pretty high on. Likely, man. Like, oh, he doesn't have Chig. Oh, maybe Dill has Chig, but yeah, he's got Likely, who's pretty decent. Um, he's got the new Falcon Janu, but (laughs) I mean, Kittle and Dolchich, I'm I'm pretty high on. I guess you got the the, you got the Kelsey handcuff, (laughs) Noah Gray. Yeah, I'm not convinced that Noah Gray will ever be a thing personally. What about Rob Gronkowski? Uh, well I don't think he's coming out of retirement but yeah like Matt's team's good I think there's like a clear way just be like you can see how his team competes but I also think there is like a lot of shakiness in this roster which he does have two he has quite a few picks yeah he's got two top five picks specifically to that are probably going to be borderline starters this year depending on what position they're at so that will help him out but like is a will levis or what let's say cj stroud like is stroud gonna be a significant fantasy contributor in year one probably not and who knows what he does with the other one maybe jsn but he's pretty loaded at receiver so i don't know if jsn's starting on this team but uh either way matt's in a good spot like he's got good core players i'm like wary of a certain things but he's got the picks to kind of contribute plus a pretty solid core of uh contributing players yeah i will say matt's an ascending team um i expect him to be in that playoff push again it's weird to say ascending because he was runner up the year before last but like i do think like he <laughs> took his year he took it he took it on the chin and now he's like reloading got a, quite a few picks to make this year and we'll see how it goes i would not be surprised if matt won at all personally all right, top three. Uh, I'm going to go Grant uh, at Grant at three. So the player that tied with Matt at number three is the Mott. Uh, oh. Now, this is interesting because I think we were both very high in the Mott's team last I year. I think I put him number one this year, maybe. Oh, no, I put You, you put yourself number one. <laughs> okay, I might have put him number the second You did put him number two, <laughs> yes. Okay, the highest besides the bias. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I think DeMont just kind of got unlucky last year for the most part. Like Camaro was kind of, he missed a couple games early and then the Saints offense was just kind of poo. Like Godwin was hurt for a bit. Deontay Johnson got like a thousand targets and zero touchdowns and a really weird season. But like, so his team, well, he's got Burrow, and that's obviously great. Quarterback behind him, like, it's basically Pickett. 
because like Brady's not starting Purdy like maybe Purdy starts I don't want to get into that too much because I hate having how much I've already heard about that <laughs> quarterback <laughs> controversy but like DeMott's kind of like Jacob where he's got these older running backs like Eckler and Kamara and it's like these two like Kamara's got his whatever jail time <laughs> like his assault that he might get in trouble for suspended for and Eckler's requesting a trade like Walker's pretty safe and secure like uh Damian Pierce like could be the who knows I think the Texans will like at most do just like a complimentary running back I don't think they're taking Gibbs or Bijan in the first but yeah DeMott's team is good though like Godwin's underrated like Debo kind of hit or miss like he was really good when he played but yeah. he gets banged up a lot like but Godwin's good. Deontay's good. Like, he's got guys that get a bunch of targets. Tony might be the wide receiver one for Mahomes next year. Who knows? But there's there's reason. Oh, yeah, and Hawkinson's obviously, like, broke out with the the Vikings. So excuse me. And, yeah, he was, was, like, I mean, he was Mark Andrews tier at least good down the stretch. And who knows? Bateman might be might be good this year. He's got a couple guys like on his bench. They're decent. Tyler Boyd, Lazard, Conklin with Rogers might be decent, but yeah, I I mean I like his team, but it's Let like me... it really doesn't feel like any team is like loaded. It feels like there's at least where we're at with free agency in the draft that there's mm-hmm. like there's just so many question marks about what's going to happen that I like can't feel that confident in any one team. So the biggest reason I put uh, Demont for personally uh, just flip flopped hits in that spot, but what I found, what I find concerning about Demont's team is the receiver situation in the sense that uh, we talked about this with Crispy and we talked about this with Matt, but uh, and to but there is no like I don't know who's putting up sixteen points consistently on this team. Like you got some nice high floor guys like. Godwin Johnson, but like we haven't seen enough from Bateman to know if that off he's even like he's probably the number one op- option in that offense, but we don't know. Um, Debo's injury concerns are there. Tony, I refuse to acknowledge as an option. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> it's just like I don't know if you're banking on the running backs and you got older guys like Kamara and Eckler like holding that down. Like, I do think. That's very precipitous, and there is uh, if you have an injury to those running that running back room, or they underperform in a given week, then you're you're. It's like a team that I would be stunned if it scores less than 125 points, but if it's scoring over 155 each week, I think that's kind of a bit lucky at this point. And he doesn't have necessarily the assets to improve at the moment because he did cash in a decent amount for Joe Burrow, which very good idea in general, but um it does leave him a bit like this is kind of where his team is at the moment. And I don't know if it's enough to compete uh, It's with injuries and whatnot. Yeah. I think he's kind of at the point where that's kind of similar to Penner where it's like you have resets probably coming, but like you have a decent like core, like Godwin's still pretty young. Debo's still pretty young. Burrow's obviously young and going to be playing for a while. Deontay's still pretty young. Walker's definitely young. So, like, if he did, like, sell Eckler and Kamara at the trade deadline, if 
team wasn't quite living up to it or even next off season. Like, I think it's a decently quick kind of retool because mm-hmm. you still got some pieces that are a part of like a young core. It's not all these like older guys that you kind of have to get rid of quick. He's basically just got kind of Eckler and Khmer and the rest like are various ages stages of young, but um yeah his his team is like it's just there's just a tier of like a bunch of teams with players that I have concerns about and honestly after the draft it'll be a little more clear because we'll know kind of more defined roles but right now it's like there's just so many few so few players in fantasy that I have like true confidence in right now uh, I think Rod's going to come in at number one here. I mean, it's for one, even if I didn't think people thought he had the best team, just coming in as the champ, I think, isn't easy. Just default rank to the top unless you feel really confident the team has made some big strides. So I'm going to guess that you came in number two here. So what's really funny is that um, if you took out your vote from the results, Rodney would come in at one. But because you gave him number four, uh, Rodney comes in at number two here, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, this team, this team is stacked, man. Um, like, uh, as much as I am not a fan of various things about him, the uh, Deshaun Watson stabilized his quarterback room, and now between him and Cousins and then the upside of Lance, that's in a good spot. Uh, do we need to talk about the wide receivers? Maybe get a better mm-hmm. wide receiver four than Terrace Marshall, but, you know. Or five rather <laughs> yeah i mean his team obviously the strength is for sure the receivers like he won the championship with cup uh injured for the playoffs at least in most the most of the season or second half mm-hmm. of the season anyways but what what really the reason why i put this team at four was the running back room just terrifies me like javante like he tore his mcl and acl and like there's reports like I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the year and I don't think he's going to be like that I don't think he's going to be contributing significantly for fantasy like where you're confident starting him in your lineup and then Swift last year just like I don't know what to make of it he doesn't he gets like five carries a game but he gets some catches and I don't know I just I don't think the Lions staff really like cares about swift that much miles is a free agent then he's he's got jamal williams who's also a free agent rashad white like i just don't like i think the running back room scares me and while like receivers are as elite as it gets the running back i don't know if there's any that i trust and quarterback too i mean well he's got cousins i guess yeah i don't trust i don't trust lance personally to even I mean, I think he starts, but I don't know what he is. And so, yeah, and Pitts, like, while I'm still, like, all in on Kyle Pitts long-term, I, it's until I actually see, like, Atlanta <laughs> want to throw him the ball, like, as much as he should. And we'll see, like, maybe Ritter unlocks him or they trade up for a quarterback or any sorts of things, but... Like, yeah, the receivers are, are going to carry this team for to the playoffs, like, pretty much no matter what, barring a ton of injuries. But I think as far as the top teams go, I just don't, like, 
Uh, I just don't trust the running backs personally. How do you feel about it? Do you, are you in on any of his running backs? So my philosophy of running backs is generally just get a bunch of guys that can start theoretically like start in the lineup as needed. We only have two dedicated running back spots in the league and we're PPR. So load up on receiver and just get what you can at running back. Whoever ends up rising to the top of the pile works. I think um, uh, either Sanders is going to resign with Philly or Gainwell is, I don't know if Gainwell will be the starter, honestly. I think there's a good chance they get someone else to do that. I think he's just kind of resigned to the Capillary area. Gibson, um, is he still have another year under contract with Washington? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, okay, this should be the last year of his, of his rookie deal. Yeah. I would say Gibson's probably still the, at least 1A, 1B area. Um, I mean, he was certainly better for fantasy than Brian Robinson last year. So if they have the same type of roles, like yeah. you have to think that carries over at least. Uh, we're, I I think I am in on Rashad White just because they cut Lenny and they have not they have negative cap space. Like they they are not like signing a running back. So maybe they grab another guy. But I don't know. It's not a third round pick on him. Seems like it'd be with a team with the, as many needs as the Bucks are going to have. Now that the post Brady era is, is beginning, I think yeah, we'll see how that offense looks at with whatever quarterback. Like, if it's if it's Baker, like that's being reported, are we having that much faith in the Bucks offense going going down the field consistently? And I say yeah. that as the Baker Mayfield owner, like I think White's fine. Like I think he's his ceiling is basically what he was last year, which was a good pass catching back with. Like, I mean, he was getting decent, like, 12, 13 point per game when they were using him, but I don't think he's going to necessarily break out. But who knows? They don't have a lot of <laughs> options other than him. But if I'm backseat GMing, I actually think, um, and this is going to sound a little weird, I think I would take, like, a wide receiver at Rod's pick, most likely, just because I think you can start – I think he has – between his and his running back room, he has people he can start that will have 10 point point gains averages. And then he just needs to be able to fill out the flex with wide receivers because these guys are all going to be elite for a hot minute. But Cooper Cup's not getting younger, the other guys are all young and elite, and they should hopefully continue to. Well, I don't know if CD Lamb's elite, but that's another discussion. But uh, they should be able to hold the fort down while he reloads the bottom of that roster so that he gets guys he can start in a pinch, other than like the million running backs but i i think he just has enough depth he has a good combo of depth and elite upside to make that happen um i just think it's a very well balanced built team for this league permutation that we're in just because his quarterbacks are good enough and he has enough running backs that he can really um use the elite wide receivers as leverage yeah for sure i think there's obviously a certain high floor when you have a lineup with Cup, Jefferson, Chase, and Lamb at the very least. Um, but I, I just, I, it could be like something completely different. And like Javante is back to where he was as a rookie, where he was really good, at least in real life. And Swift is, you know, worth the second round pick that the Lions used on him in a good offense. And he gets half of those. Jamal touchdowns like that if that if his running backs do hit then it's going to be like hard to beat him on a week-to-week basis but I think there's enough uncertainty at that position and like tight ends like I 
I mean, Pitts isn't going to like lose you games or anything, but there's the risk that he is in a positional advantage. But um, I think there's there's a chance that this team is is reasonably beatable with how the running backs have some some question marks. Yeah, and then just diving into the last one real quick. So my team, um, I don't want to like go on too much about my own team. I think the quarterbacks are fine. Really need a quarterback three desperately. Because uh, right now it's Davis Mills or Zach Wilson. And I don't think either of them are starting the year. But um, running backs in prob- probably a little bit of a weakness at the moment just because it's Jacobs, Chubb, Dobbins. And then you're looking at starting Connor. And then a lot of these young, a lot of young guys who aren't necessarily. Uh, we have don't have any data on them one way or the other, like the Pierre Strong, Hassan Haskins types. Wide receivers in a good spot. It's going to fill out most of the lineup, like I was talking about with Rod. Got AJ, Amon Rod, Tyreek, DK are starting every week. And then you're hoping London, Moore, Watson, Hollywood Brown can pitch in as needed. And then tight end is middle of the pack, I would say. Like Fryermuth is like, I, I'm always hesitant to st- sit him because even though Evan Ingram have blow up weeks, I'm just like, Fryermuth will get me 10 points. And that's all I want. That's all I need in life. Just keep giving me that. But yeah, no picks in the draft. So this is basically what the team's going to be this year, barring uh, some moves. Yeah, I think like quarterbacks pretty good. Um, obviously, your starters are are solid one two combo. Like who knows what quarterback three? You'll probably just find a cheap one. I assume Jacobs gets tagged, so he's back in the same role with his best season yet. So. Uh, we'll see. He's got Jimmy G, so they have a little bit more of a passing attack. Um, maybe. Do you think Jimmy G is better know. than Carr in the Raiders' offense? Didn't Carr? Didn't they like play Stidham part of the year last year, or did only I the last that? couple games? Just the last couple games because they um, okay Carr's injuries guaranteed, but Carr played I think 14, 15 games. Okay, yeah, I guess I was thinking Carr more played like twelve or so games but yeah I mean Jacobs they're still gonna want to run the ball like I don't think they're gonna be a pass heavy offense with Jimmy G at the very least and never really been that kind of team Chubb we'll see um I think the rumors out of Cleveland are that they're going to become a more pass heavy offense with Deshaun Watson having a year in the system but Chubb's still one of the most efficient running backs obviously AJ Brown Tyreek is and with Amon Raw is probably the best one, two, three combo outside of Rod and DK is solid. Then you've just filling out between DJ Moore and Drake London um, for the most part. Maybe Christian Watson occasionally gets into Hollywood the lineup. Eh, I don't know if Hollywood's going to do much with the yeah, Tyler West yeah, Cardinals team. But maybe, maybe they trade Hopkins and he just gets like – 15 targets from Colt McCoy or whoever. It's kind of what it was is. last year, like with Kyler. It was just kind of like, all right, Hollywood's the only one we got. So throw it to him <laughs> and plus times again. Yeah, I think running back is probably pretty, I would say it's pretty weak just because after Dobbins, I don't think there's anybody I really trust playing at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of a three running back team and while Jacobs was what running back three overall last year, I don't necessarily expect him to repeat quite that high. Um, so I think I think him and Chubb are both kind of like mid 
RB1 is kind of their ceiling. I don't think they're going to consistently be 20-plus point-per-game guys, but Jacobs was last year, so he could prove me wrong again. But I just think the running back room is pretty much the only real weakness. Tight end isn't amazing. Frymouth's fine, and Ingram's fine. Like They're they're as good as it gets further outside of the top few guys, so it is what it is. Zach Wilson sucks. No comment. <laughs> I just I'm scrolled so through annoyed. the team. And he was the second it. pick. How does he out of the like two years? I have thoughts. I have hey, he's technically the only quarterback rostered by the Jets right now. Come on, Rogers. We're time to retire. <laughs> Zach Wilson, QB one. <laughs> Still believe the Jets don't have an option at that point. <laughs> All yeah, right. I mean, even even the low end guys, Jameis just got re-signed to the Saints as like a backup deal. I mean, there's like Baker, Brissett, maybe Bridgewater, Minshew. Like, there's not a ton, ton That's what we're hoping of for. the low-level guys left. <laughs> All right. And then what's quickly, I'm going to quickly run through uh, the Dynasty outlook for the Dynasty order real quick. And Lee, tell me what stands out to you. Number 10, we got Vic. Number 9, we got Jacob. Number 8, we got Josh. Number 7, we got Crispy. Number 6, we got Demont. Number 5, we got Matt. Number 4, we got Dylan. Number 3, we got me. Number 2, we got Rodney. And you come in at number 1. Um. Well, obviously, at the time, I had like nine firsts across three years with a bunch of seconds, too. And I still have a lot of picks and just young players. So it makes sense that I'm number 1. I think Dill stands out as being fourth for long-term, despite being the second lowest um, for the short-term, which makes sense because he's got that security at quarterback, and those those guys are going to continue carrying value for the foreseeable future. But it, that one kind of just stands out as one of the biggest gaps between the mm-hmm. upcoming season and the future. Yeah, for me um... – I do think uh, Rodney's in a really good spot here. Like, I just think the Deshaun Watson trade, as much as I hate Deshaun Watson, uh, I do I do think that really solidified, like, this team's window. And I do think, like, there's no one, like, who's the old guy? The old man in the room is Cooper Cup, and that's basically it. Like, he, he has, like, this is, for foreseeable future, this team will deliver. Um, like, he, running backs yeah. need to be addressed, but and probably quarterback, too, if Lance doesn't get doesn't hit because cousin is a bit older, but I I think this that, that Rodney has a legitimate argument to be number one here. Yeah, I think running back like while his, his I mean I've already talked about his running backs a mm-hmm. lot, but while they're not old, I think they are at risk of just like losing kind of a ton of value, both Swift and Williams. I think Miles is what he is, and people kind of know, but those two are kind of bolstering the running back room, so running backs to the best position to be weak at because you can just draft them and in theory even though they cost high picks but um yeah like cups the real only old one maybe cousins is at risk of losing his job in the next couple years i think the vikings have an out after next year something like that so but yeah i mean like obviously pitts lamb chase jefferson are all and watson's got like a billion dollar fully guaranteed deal so you've got the main core with a pretty good job security and it's really only like the running backs cup and maybe lance for like the future 
that have risk of falling off. And he does have a first this year, so we'll see where he spends that. But um, yeah, I, I'm gonna assume it's just BPA, but yeah, he's got a first and a mid second. Um, doesn't have any picks in 2024, so um, it might he might just be looking to basically ride this kind of core out for the next two seasons and then kind of reevaluate going into the 2025 season. Seems solid to me. Um, we also have the bonus questions. We don't want to spend a ton of time on these. A few things that stuck out to me. Uh, for the MVP of this season, um, consensus was Jamal Williams, uh, who I, th- I, I I want to take a second to talk about because we did talk about Rod's running backs a lot, but I do think uh, Jamal Williams is one of the more interesting running backs considering I assumed he was just going to be back to the Lions no fuss really but it looks like that's not necessarily going to happen um what do you how do you value Jamal Williams going forward is this like a one-year wonder kind of situation or do you think he could actually be a fantasy producer going next year if he moves on from the Lions I think if he's back on the Lions I'll feel more confident that they give him the same role but like I posted that stat in one of our channels in the Dynasty League but his like touchdowns last year of the like 20 that he had like 16 of them were like at one or two yards so like a lot of it is just getting lucky like they fell down at the one and two yard line a lot and just gave him like a shit ton of carries inside the five um so I'm not confident that he's going to get that usage again because he never really did going like prior to this season at all um but like I think there's there's room for him to be a part of a a duo like if he went to Jacksonville like I feel like he'd be a good fit mm, with ETN um I don't know that was the first one maybe Buffalo with like James Cook and he's kind of the bruiser mm-hmm. back like places like that I think he could land somewhere where he's like valuable and like a flex level but I don't think he's going to repeat with his 19 touchdowns and like top 12 season kind of solely based on touchdowns but I'm rooting yeah. for him. I hope he does. Like, he's we, obviously I, a fun guy to root for, but yeah, I'm happy he was a bit one hit wonder. Like, <laughs> like I, it, it was, it was real fun. I, I love Jamal Williams, my anime boy. Um, another thing I wanted to touch base on: we had five different answers for uh, the least valuable. Uh, the highlights of that are Lance Sutton, uh, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, and Mike Williams. <laughs> solid group of just like either injured or just disappointing players yeah Pittman uh sticks out to me a little bit just because he wasn't injured he just had a bad quarterback and it was just like yeah I, I people were really hyping him up like you especially in basketball he was getting steamed up pretty high and he just didn't really live up to that hype but the Colts offense in general was just trash last year top to bottom like even JT wasn't that great when he was playing yeah uh as far as people missing the playoffs four people put crispy down one person put Josh yeah, down. Pe- yeah this this league is uh, a crispy haters they've they ranked <laughs> him outside of the playoffs so he, he's makes fueled sense. by hatred he converts it to niceness that's his whole system yes he he just silently processes it and uses it as fuel and then for people making the playoffs, overwhelming majority for Matt, uh, and then a vote for Dill. Uh, as far as the rec- incoming rookies, that was kind of interesting. Uh, the risers, we have Roshan Johnson, uh, Michael Wilson, 
Jameer Gibbs, and to quote Rodney, one of these bullshit tight ends. <laughs> Solid. Was mine? Uh... Roshan, I believe. Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, I also think, like, can you read those off again? One of them was a good shout out. Roshan Johnson, Michael Wilson, Jameer Gibbs. Oh, yeah. Michael Wilson was another good shout out. I feel like that would have been an answer I would have also given after the senior bowl, but his combine wasn't amazing, but yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I said Wilson, um, and I, I think I think he'll be like a third round pick, and then like people will look at his like frame and be like, ooh, this is interesting kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, yeah, just it's like one of those guys that get drafted with good capital, like a Josh Palmer was like a third round pick, mm-hmm. and you're just like, yeah, I'll take my shot on him in somewhere in the third round, I guess, <laughs> like not quite as bad as like the tutu atwell or like velis jones but like these guys that just like go in the second and third rounds and you're just kind of like you have to take them at some point like the nfl is investing in them <laughs> uh as follows followers we got two votes for sean tucker a vote for gibbs and then a vote for JS- jsm yeah sean tucker is one that um like I still like Sean Tucker and I hope he gets the draft capital, but there was a lot of talk in the college football season that like NFL scouts weren't as high on him as the like Debbie and dynasty community. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how his draft capital shakes out. He's still got his pro day and he didn't run at the combine. So if he runs like a four, four or like a low four, fours, high four threes, I feel like he's going to still solidify like day two draft capitals. So We'll see, but there there is a lot of talks of Sean Tucker could be like a faller based on where he was at, like where him and Zach Evans were like running back three, four yeah. in the class for most of the like 2022 off season and in season. And I do want to, um, I voted for Sean Tucker, but I do want to, I, I like the Jameer Gibbs pick as well, just in the sense that I think um, a lot of people are building him in with his work. He He's an explosive playmaker and He'll get drafted decently high because of that. I assume I'm I'm thinking second most likely, but he doesn't really have that workhorse upside, and so he might just be considered. He might get drafted by a team that has a like starter already there, and I do think that could cause a bit of a tumble. Like because like I feel like for a while it was like all right, like one hundred three, one hundred four, Jameer Gibbs. I think we could see him go to like the end of the first theoretically. Yeah, I think I had him fall to one hundred eight in uh, the mock that I did somewhat recently um and it's kind of for the same reason like I just don't think he's like that's why Charbonnet is my running back too right now without knowing the draft capital because like he's got the the build to be in every down back and he's still a good pass catcher like he's not Gibbs good or Bijan good but like I'd rather have a like well-rounded running back that can catch pretty well than a running back that's just like an elite pass catching specialist but like Gibbs also ran a four three forty. Like the dude is an elite athlete. He's not a very good running back, but he's a good pass catcher and a good athlete. Like he's not great between the tackles, which will prevent teams from giving him twenty plus carries. But it's kind of like a if you give him eighteen touches, he's gonna be more efficient with the pass catching than somebody that's getting twenty two carries but only like two receptions type deals. So I I do think that he's somebody that could fall like 
if he lands early second to like the Texans and he's like the lightning to Pierce's thunder type deal or another team that's got like if yeah if he's kind of just working in tandem with somebody like ETN fell to 108 and it was kind of for the same reasons like they had Mm J-Rob and it was like a timeshare thing ETN might not get all the touches like obviously J-Rob got shipped out of town but I think like I could see a world where Gibbs falls but I also see Dill's roster where he doesn't need a quarterback and has a 103 and could easily snag Gibbs there as the top non-Bijan skill position player. Yeah, and I I do think um, if we're assuming second round capital, there's like some spots that would be interesting. It'd be really funny if the Chargers traded Austin Eckler and then just drafted Gibbs immediately. They're like, he's more <laughs> athletic, Austin Eckler. We refuse that to would run be great for fantasy. Herbert loves thrown to his running backs, so like, give that would be one of the ideal landing spots for Gibbs. I think. Yeah. All right, and then as far as 2022 rookies, uh, kind of all over the place. Uh, potential risers we had here are uh, Jameson Williams, Pierre Strong, Brees Hall, and Trey McBride. Any one there stick out to you? Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> believe in a in a lot of the people on that list. I think Pierre Strong specifically stands out. Like I guess Damian Harris is a free agent. Uh, I don't think Pierre Strong is ever going to be a thing personally. So that one's a name that stands out. Mark my words, Pierre Strong will be relevant. Was that your uh, self-submission? Yeah, sure it was. Yeah, sure it was. <laughs> uh, um, solid. On the other end, we got followers. We got Watson, uh, Jamal Williams again, or uh, not Jamal, Jameson Williams again. Uh, and then two votes for Damian Pierce, which I think is interesting because are the Texans really going to supplant him? Are they going to do the uh, old Travis Etienne? Uh, well, I don't think they're going to draft like a first round running back. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If Bijan falls to 12, I guess they could, but I doubt it. But I think it's more that Pierce is probably not a three-down back. Like, he's not a good pass catcher. And so they're like – and the Texans have a lot of – they have an extra third-round pick. Like, I could definitely see the Texans drafting a running back. Um, I don't think if it's necessarily going to be one that will supplant Pierce, but Pierce was also like a fourth-round pick himself and like he runs hard and runs angry but he's limited in some aspects so I could see him being the Michael Carter level where uh maybe not quite that degree because I don't think there's Texans are going to go Brees Hall or type type player but I could definitely see the Texans pucking him and taking like a Kenny McIntosh late or mm-hmm. a Deuce Vaughn somebody Evan Hole like somebody to fulfill the Rex Burkhead pass catching kind of side. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to take a moment to highlight uh, Christian Watson here, just because I do think that's not a bad call. Um, just because Rogers is leaving and we have so little data on love. I do think Watson enters the season as the wide receiver one for the Packers, but we've seen situations. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Claypool here where a guy had insane TD efficiency with like a hall of fame quarterback. And then he lost the quarterback and then, those like 50-50 balls that were thrown away that would help him win on that kind of stuff wasn't 
quite there. So I do think that there is reason to be alarmed, Christian Watson. Um, I still love the I I still love the guy. I think he's a really uh fun unicorn of a player. But I totally understand why people would be like, all right, it, we should down the brakes a little bit here. Yeah, I think the silver lining for him is that he's not really a traditional wide receiver. Like he's a bit gimmicky, kind of like Debo in that way where they give him carries and fly sweeps and just kind of get the ball into his hands in creative ways, which I think isn't going to go away even with love. So I think there's a little bit of security in that Cordero Patterson, Debo kind of hybrid, get the ball in their hands and in clever ways but yeah I mean if love's bad like that's obviously going to limit the upside and uh like yeah I mean I was never super high on him and he had a great touchdown efficiency for sure um but I think Christian Watson might be okay it's it's hard to say like they don't have much competition so even Mm -hmm. if it's just kind of like when we're talking about Burks where it's like low passing volume but like, who else are they going <laughs> to throw to type deal? Exactly. All right. And I that's the last question we had. So I think we're ready to wrap this up, Par. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for uh, joining, especially when I forgot that we were doing this tonight. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate you collecting it as always. And maybe next time we'll get more than five people submitting. So Yeah, you know, if we <laughs> shame them enough, I think we can do it. I'm going to I'm going to hold out this episode until we get 10 votes. <laughs> 10 submissions next time. You'll get this like post draft is when we'll get results on this because people need to actually start submitting, but we need uh, to stop having it. to bribe them. <laughs> I know, like it's it takes like 1 minute to do. Like I I forget what I even submitted for mine, but I did it like right after it was posted because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is like if there's a big enough gap, it's just like the results are so spread out like we Vic and I made that trade like the day after you closed the polls. So like what if it, somebody submitted after it would have been completely different results for exactly. well, at least for me. I mean Vic was already at the bottom, I guess. So can't go further <laughs> down. <laughs> but yes thank you (laughs) thank you for joining us and this has been uh another episode of uh the summer sausage podcast and we'll see you next time peace